Yo, what's up? It's Ben Scarborough, and you already know, I'm sitting here in the secret room at Third Eye Collective with the man with the sound in his hands, Vatillas. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's going on, man? Oh, it is a lovely, lovely Mother's Day here this it Sunday. It sure is. Did you, did you call your mom this morning? I did speak to her. Cool, man. So that was, that was good. Social media is just nothing but moms today. I'm going crazy. Some of y'all got some beautiful mothers out there. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, shout out to show all the appreciation all around the world. Yeah. Get yeah. all the appreciation. Moms hold it down harder than anybody that I know. Absolutely. Gosh, shit, for always man. and ever. So yeah, man. Um, I got a question for you. I'm sure you got a lot. You're stranded on a desert island. Okay. But it's okay. You you want to be there. People know you're there. All right. You've got power. You've got data. But you've only got enough data to download one battle royale game. Which one are you downloading? I mean, it's not like I've played that many, you know, but I mean. Because there are a lot. Yeah, there are a lot. I mean, but of course, you know, right now it, it'd have to be Apex. Um, okay. Be Apex Legends. Big Apex. Um, I mean, in terms of Battle Royales, I've only really played uh, Fortnite and, and Apex Legends. and but That's like the top two right now. Yeah. Right? I'm, not, I'm not a really crazy Call of Duty guy. Um, Blackout. The Blackout mode. Yeah, they're, they're great games. Don't get me wrong. I'm just not crazy about them. Mm -hmm. um, I guess. You know, I go through these weird video game phases, um, and I guess when I kind of started getting into PS4 stuff, like I kind of slowly crept back, crept back into shooters. You know, like I was playing, <laughs> okay. you know, I was playing Paragon, and that was kind of like that's a MOBA, a mix MOBA, it's yeah, like a third yeah. person, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I kind of crept my way back into like first person shooting stuff, considering you know I used to play kind of strike back in the day. So. Okay, actually, Paragon. Mm -hmm. What happened to Paragon? Man, it's like. You know, Fortnite came out, and then it slowly started taking over. And I guess somebody over there at the office was like, man, this Paragon game that you guys keep fucking up, check it out. I'm going to take all your resources, and I'm going to put it on Fortnite because this was making money for me. I mean, it was just a smart business move, and I, I feel them. You know what I mean? And so I think it was a combination of things, mainly because, you know, Epic Games did pull the developers off. But, I mean, Paragon was in the decline, mm -hmm. I think, for the most part. Um there was a lot of diehard fans that kind of stuck with it, but I mean, they kind of did. The, the game just kind of went veering away from what people thought it should be. You know, I don't know who the hell they were listening to. Were you playing it right up there towards the end? Yeah. <laughs> what were those last days of the servers like? Yeah, I was. I try to explain it to people because it, it's wild. It's like it's like it's like this. It, it got like so like so like outlandish. Uh huh. You know, because people knew they couldn't get banned or anything, so people were just fucking like. Trash talking everybody to like okay. the fullest extent. G game ban me. I dare yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ban me. Mother <clears throat> report me, bitch. Mm -hmm. You know, motherfuckers were feeling really brave. <laughs> um, and since there was like no maintenance, like, you know, you the game was crashing like multiple times a day. Oh, really? Yeah, if you were really on it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. And it's kind of sad to see where it, where it went to. You know what I mean? Such a such a good game. Mm -hmm. Such a great idea. Mm -hmm. And, and it, you know, they were executing properly for a while and then i don't know what happened i guess they changed the map which was cool and then they, you know and then what really bugged me the most is like towards the end like there was some updates that needed to be made to certain characters like certain some characters were still really op okay so like here we are in this outlandish you know era Wild where like, yeah people are picking like you know all carries on a team like okay. you know you, you know like 
anything and everything was was going down because people knew like the game was going away so people were just out there having fun okay you know what i mean and i can't i can't be mad because man you know i gotta enjoy what i last you know and that really speaks to like a community like a diehard community around mm-hmm. a game you know like everybody's just kind of coming together like damn we we bonded because of this this game and yeah now, did you meet anybody on Paragon that you guys eventually went and played Fortnite with? Um, you got some internet some, friends? Some. I, some uh, I think I honestly started playing Fortnite because I I didn't, um, you know, I of course, Paragon was gone. I had a select few amount of people I played Paragon with. It wasn't a super popular game, but it was popular. Um, and I know some of some of the buddies in real life were playing Fortnite. You know, people here were talking about, people here were talking about a little bit. So I was like, at a time... When people knew that Paragon was closing, some people jumped ship like, fuck this shit. There's no point in me continuing to play this game. So I think I had looked at it around that time, and I was like, this looks dumb. <laughs> I'm not playing this shit. Mm-hmm. And um, when Paragon ended, you know, I was out of options. You know what I mean? Uh, in terms of me, I'm not, I don't dish out a lot of money, you know, annually to, to, for video games. Okay, you know, considering yeah. there's few ones, like, I, I don't have... If I have like one game that's good that that's free or that I have already that that's cool with me, you'll just grind. I'll just grind. Like I I don't need a thousand games, you know. I don't need to have the latest game that always comes out. Like oh, you know, like I I've seen how I can easily get tired of a game because no matter how good it is. Yeah. So I just you know, why not get a free one and try it out? See how you like it. You know, you want to put a little money into it? Yeah. You know, I I put a little money into Fortnite. I put a little money into Apex Mm because I mean it's the same money I would have spent kind of like. Buying a bunch of other games. But I spend less because I'm not, you know. Yeah. How much would it cost me to buy like four or five games? Probably like 200, 300 dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? It gets up there. I'll put a little, quickly. you know, little 40, 50 bucks into a free game and have some fun with it. That's what's up. Oh yeah. Now, MOBAs. Have you did you try out any other MOBAs besides uh Paragon during that time and just Paragon was the one that fit for no, you? No, um I came from World of Warcraft. Okay. Um and Warcraft 3, if I'm correct, right? That was, yeah. like, the the nicest, like, before World of Warcraft. It was, like, Warcraft 3, Starcraft, and then World of Warcraft. So one of my studio clients, actually, he, he came recording, and, you know, he he was, like, a gamer, too, and he, he was working on his project. Shout out, shout out Sammy Yee one time. Um, he told me about it. He's like, yo, there's this free game called Paragon. This shit's fucking crazy. You know, at that time, Sammy... Sammy Black had, you know, he was showing me Overwatch. I was like, yo, this is pretty nuts. And he had me, you know, playing Overwatch for, for a hot oh, okay. little minute. So then he's like, he's like, he's like, it's like, it's like Overwatch, but mixed with some like League of Legends and Warcraft shit. And I was like, this sounds like my game. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like something that's like, you know, kind of shooter based, but has uh, depth. You know what I mean? That's not just, hey, I'm, I'm out here blowing people's heads off. There's like a meta game going on. Yeah, absolutely. So there was like, you know, there's like a, a card system and, you know, skills and you're upgrading it per match and you know it was, it was, it was really cool so I, I tried it out and i was like wow this is kind of like a lot to take in at once mm-hmm. and it's like 45 minute matches you know which is yeah. kind of lengthy heavy time investment um but i kind of stuck with it for a little bit you know I, I just needed something to do in between like music production and engineering and all the music yeah. shit I had going on something to just kind of you know shoot the shit with and i stuck with it and i was like wow like i really like this game because you know, it can be very straightforward, but it also requires, like, a good amount of critical thinking, you know, in terms of, like, you know, okay, what skills are you going to take? How are you going to load your shit out? What position do you want to play? How are you going to play that position? Yeah. So, it's crazy how 
where games have gotten to where it's, it's really considered like a sport, you know? I'm, I'm sure in some people's minds, it would never be considered a real sport, but um, I guess the relationships, I guess, are starting to be seen yeah. by the masses and oh, yeah. people are, you know, people are starting to say, okay, you know, th- th- this is not something that's for everybody, but it should be appreciated to a certain extent and acknowledged. Agreed. And I think that's pretty cool, you know, because yeah. some of the shit that, that is done in the video games world is pretty amazing considering how far it's come, mm-hmm. you know, um, just the fact that we can have like a hundred people on a server at once going. Absolutely. Shit. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's crazy. Um, just some of the skills, some of the stuff these guys do takes, you know, so to each their own, it's pretty, it's pretty dope. When you're not gaming, mm-hmm. when you're clocked in, you do a lot of music production, right? A lot. Yes. Now, would you say that you're more on the pre-production or the post-production side of music? I'm there through all the steps almost. Um, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not there before and I'm there a lot after. You know, some of my purple, personal stuff, I'm there, you know, right right from where the seed is planted. You know, a lot of my studio clients, I'm there just as like... Um, to guide the record. A yeah, bit. guide the record, you know, just, you know, save the record, clean the record, make a bit like everything and anything. You know, I've, I've been through so many situations musically where, you know, vocals were recorded bad or the beat sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, it needs to be mixed, it needs to be mastered. Like, you guys hear that? I, I've been through it all. This episode is brought to you by Vatillas. Yeah. In fact, this is going to be the first episode right that we've here. done that has been, uh, bef- before it hits you guys' ears, it's been run through uh, RX7. He has shown us the beauty yeah. of post production. And so yeah. every Secret Room episode going forward is going to have the pristine yeah. audio quality. Yeah. You know, and talking about that's interesting because. <laughs> Not everybody listens for that kind of stuff, but it, it, you know, it, the humans, they absorb it in a certain way when it's like a little bit, you got the little extra finesse on it, a little extra quality mm-hmm. on it. You know, I personally listen, um, unintentionally most of the time, very closely to things like that. Like if I'm laying in bed watching a YouTube video at night and I hear a vast difference between, you know, whatever is, you know, the background music and like the lead vocal of like what the guy's saying or like two people were talking and someone's level was here and the next person's like down here. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, it kind of throws it me off because it, yeah, it does. It makes it a slightly less uh, pleasant listening it. experience and it's unintentional. Yeah. I try to be um, very passive on some certain things like that and just, just enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's kind of my job to detect those imperfections. Yeah. So my brain is always like in that mode. Yeah. Everywhere and anywhere. I uh, I'm the same way about video editing. You know, they said they they call editing the invisible art because mm. if it's good, I've never heard you're that. not supposed to notice it, right? Right. You're not supposed to notice good editing, but it's so easy to notice bad editing. Yeah. And that's that's the that's just and, the, and, and <laughs> it that's funny because one of my one of my mentors, um, he pointed something like that out to me one time he was like because i was having the same conversation about how i noticed these like imperfections and just audio work everywhere mm-hmm. and he's like yeah he's like I, he, he has big producer friends video producer friends so he they would go see a movie and then they would be like holding their head half the times because they would see certain imperfections in the editing or like um you know the girl was eating a, uh, a bowl of pasta and the camera pans away, and when it comes back, and it's a different oh, play, yeah. things of that sort. Like they would pick out yeah. so many of those things in I'm big right productions, and I never 
Yeah. Really, the average person just won't. does it, you know. And I guess we're all average in, in different fields. Yeah. <laughs> thinking about it now, because I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, it's funny. Like I'm listening, and then, but you're watching. Yeah. And I'm just like, no. And you're yeah. like, no, it's all good. And you're like, no. And I'm like, oh, I don't see what's wrong. There's so many cooks in the kitchen on any video production sometimes that it's just it could be anybody else but ultimately it all falls on the director if it's if it's a flop it's the director that's taken the that makes you think about like what about okay like some of the earliest animated movies right or like that had a lot of 3d production like i wonder like how many people like a bug's life yeah like like what this probably looks like a real like render farms and stuff like yeah. that. Like I wonder like there's like a thousand people in the office just like slaving away at one scene. Like I can't imagine the time that goes into this stuff. You know when when the t- t- technology was uh was new. You know. So there's this amazing story about the time this IT guy deleted Toy Story two months before it was supposed to come out from Pixar servers. Yeah. So wow. uh, the, this is one of the, they, it's, it's since been written about in like Pixar history and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a while it was under wraps because it was such an embarrassing moment. But I, I think after 10 years, they were like, okay, we're going to tell you guys that Toy Story 2 was almost deleted. So what happened was they were animating Toy Story 2 on a server multiple servers, and then they had all the 3D assets on another server. Mm-hmm. They weren't linked together. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that all the assets, everybody would sit down at their computer and log into the server where the assets were and pull from it, and then they would make little temporary copies of whatever they were working on, mm-hmm. but ultimately they would push everything back to the master server. Right. And some IT guy came in there and punched in a code in the Unix terminal, mm-hmm. and it just started to just format the drive that had all of wow. Toy Story 2 on it, right? So <clears throat> they're sitting there in the IT department, and phone calls are coming in like, hey, we can't access uh, Buzz Lightyear or um, this or that. Like, there were actually people animating Woody, and then, like, like his hat would disappear, <laughs> and, like, his rope would disappear, That's and crazy. the scene would steep. They'd still be animating the scene, but then, like, looked like the dinosaur would disappear. Mm-hmm. And they basically had to do a, a CPU halt code that would stop the server from being erased and but it was already too late the movie had pretty much been like i think they said something like 87 percent of the whole movie had been deleted and this was like uh then they they called an emergency boardroom meeting and all the people from pixar were sitting down and they were like what are we gonna do and somebody had remembered that there was a woman uh who was on parental leave because she had just had a newborn and she was at home working on the movie, and she had made a one-for-one copy of the whole server. Wow! On her iMac, you know, wow. you know the big bulb iMac. The yeah, one? yeah, yeah. So the guy from the IT department and the head of it, the animation department hopped in a car and drove to this woman's house, and they put the iMac in the back of this car, covered it up with all these blankets, and <laughs> drove it back to Pixar, and were able to recover the movie. That is insane. Yeah. <laughs> Does that, that, and it was never going to happen again because, like, and, and actually everybody in the industry was able to learn from that internally, you know? Yeah. And you would think they, they wouldn't let somebody go with that kind of asset. Oh, to their house? Yeah. Like, I mean, you got to be like contracted up, like NDA. Yeah. Up, you all know the way, saying? like, we're coming for you FBI style. But, <laughs> but if, it, if it wasn't for this woman on maternity leave, then Toy Story 2 would have either had to never come out or been pushed back like a year. Like, it would have made that holiday. That's insane. Yeah. And I think about that kind of shit all the time. Just like you never really know what somebody's going through. 
uh, when they're breaking new ground like that, when they're innovating, yeah. you know, and this is Toy Story 2, so this is like 1999. This is only four years yeah, after the first Only film. so much technology that, you know, can do that sort of work at that time. Mm-hmm. What are some uh, innovations that you've seen in the music or in the audio industry that have wow. just been like, wow? Man, really, the the whole audio scene, you know, as a whole has come so far. It is incredible. Um, I, I, we could talk about this forever, but I mean, just... What are some things that have been, like, in your face? Like, like RX-7 for me was a Okay, that, that's a great one. You know, Isotope, you know, like their, their products are insane. So, like, RX-7, you know, you can take, you know, it's like, like I told you, it's like an audio Swiss army knife, but, like, an alien version that's, like, super futuristic. <laughs> and, you know, you can... You can take songs and extract acapellas out of them you know almost like flawlessly you know there'll be a little bit artifact and stuff but it's enough for you to crank out a remix or whatever um you can you know it's it's like literally it's like photoshop for like audio like you know someone let's say a dog comes in here and freaking barfs on the carpet and you know it it gets all on the mic and you hear it and all that stuff like what we were talking i know it's crazy scenario but you can go in there see in the audio i'm not talking about a waveform i'm talking about like this thing looks like a like night, a night, night vision nightmare. What do you like? It looks like an infrared picture of the audio, and you can just extract it from it. Um, but the audio scene as a whole, I mean, you can literally, you know, open up your laptop, and I've done this. You can open up your laptop, have an idea in your head, press record on the laptop, record the idea through the mic on the damn laptop, even if it sounds shitty, and. You could take that, you can make an instrument out of what you recorded, you can make drums out of what you recorded, depending on how you process it. You can literally just wake up, get out your bed, open up your laptop, and crank out ideas like immediately. Versus back in the day, you know, you have to set up the studio time, you know, everything was working in uh, in, in, in audio, like not everything was synced up because, mm-hmm. you know, it, that the setups were very like hybrid where like certain things had to be get tracked into audio, then you work off of that. Um, so we've come so far and that leads me to think too, like singers back in the day, like there was no auto tune, things of that. So oh, yeah, you like, had to actually sing. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> had to be on point like a motherfucker. Uh-huh. And there was only so many motherfuckers because not everyone had access. It's like now, like, man, you got, you know, you got these, these, these producers, they're like, they're in the trenches in the hood, man, little speakers cranking up some crazy ass beats, you know what yeah. I mean? Cause they're just, they're on it, you know? And, yeah. and they're, and they're flexing their muscles in that shit. And, you know, it's it's like a gift and a curse. The game has gotten very saturated. There's people everywhere that does everything, and which is cool because it's a bigger community. Um, like I said, you know, there's there's so many people doing it now. You have to really be special to really uh, cut ahead of everybody else or do something that somebody else is not doing, and that's hard to do nowadays. Why Atlanta, specifically? Why Atlanta what? Why are you here? I am here because, you know... Shout out Mother's Day. My great mother made the great decision um, to move here um, when I was in high school because, you know, living up north is expensive. And, you know, she she wanted a better life for us. And, you know, at that, at that time she had met my stepfather. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she decided to move us all down here just to be a little more comfortable. Um, she wanted to be with somebody. And it just made sense overall. At that time, you know, Atlanta wasn't the crazy... You know, I, I call Atlanta a media capital now. Media capital now, not just a music capital, because it's just become. You know, thank God they. 
I don't know what law was it that passed whatever, but allowed the field companies to come here and do their thing. <clears throat> that, you know, that's just, that's awesome. But anyways, um, when I got here, Atlanta was going crazy with the music like that. I had never heard of crunk music. Um, then called crunk. Uh-huh. You know, now we call it trap, but then it was called crunk. If I'm right, you know, crunk music. Hey man, get um, crunk, get buck. And I had heard Ludacris when I lived in New Jersey, but it didn't come across to me as like, hey, this is like down south. Yeah, this is this is dirty like, south. Exactly. It was so just I get, yeah, so I, I get to high school here and you know, people be like, Yo, you fuck with three six? And I'm like, What? <laughs> He's like, you fuck with three six? I'm like, three what? Like three six mafia? I was like, What are you talking about, bro? Oh. Yeah, he's like, you know, 3-6 Mafia, and, and like, you know, I heard, I heard 3-6 Mafia, I heard Crime Mob, you know, I heard Project Pat, UGK, all that shit, and I was just like, yo, this is insane, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I loved- They're I've, making it on a drum machine. Yeah, you know? and I, you know, I've always been a lover of music, uh, all genres, you know, growing up, I loved, I loved rock, I loved hip-hop, you know, I was listening to Linkin Park, I was listening to Jay-Z. I was still listening to my Latin stuff, my reggaeton, my merengue, my bachata. Excellent. I was listening to like heavy metal music because I was a musician and I could really like appreciate it, understand uh-huh. what was going on. Um, so it's like I just got, they just hit me with a wave of like, this is shit you've never heard before. Yeah. Like, n- not like, yo, here's a, here's a new hip hop artist or like, here's like a new, this is like a sound. Production, exactly. It's like this a- is a whole new sound you've never heard before. And I was just like, this shit is, shit is crunk. Yeah, you know what I, know. I mean? Like, <laughs> That you know? Memphis, Memphis, yeah. North, North. Man, it's awesome. Yeah, Ch- changed my life low key because it's just like it just opened up a new, like a new path in my brain. Like, oh, he was like psh, all this new uh, inspiration. So it's, it's pretty sick. Do you have you heard uh, Tommy Wright the Third? No, he's a cat out of uh, Memphis, and he he kind of predates Juicy J. Okay, and Project Pat a little bit. A I want to say by a few years. Yeah, he's um he has that sound that three, six sound. And a lot of his material was released on cassette tape. Real OG then. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, if you didn't get his cassette tape, Mm -hmm. then you got a dub of a dub of a dub of a dub. And so there's a lot of like Tommy Wright's music that just is not the original master tapes and stuff like that. Wow. And, um, I'm going to have to afford you some, some of his music, but you, it, it, it's, it's that sound, but it predates them and it totally inspired them because it's going on in their city and they've, right. they've big upped Tommy Wright the third, but he has this like Jerry curl, no, a perm. He's just got a perm <laughs> and, and he is just like a boss and it comes through in his music and it's something about that lo-fi cassette tape sound mm-hmm. kind of translated into that early three six like hypnotized minds yeah. stuff yeah and man i it's right up your alley you gotta check it I out. i will check that out i mean it was i felt like at that time you know i was listening to like a lot of rock music and i think three six had that i don't want to call it a demonic sound but it, it does kind of fucking it's sound dark. like that. yeah it's I, definitely I, I hate i hate associating i don't want to say hate i you know i hate associating darker music automatically with like satanic shit yeah like i can't stand that shit yeah. like i understand like this shit sounds fucking like hell's busting the fuck open mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but i don't i don't relate to it in that manner nor do i want to uh push that kind of energy along i take it in as for music yeah no matter how fucking angelic it sounds or how demonic it sounds i'm like yo this shit is hard or it's not fucking hard like i really don't give a fuck mm-hmm. so you know three six had that very you know, haunty, 
you know, look, fucking lights out, demonic kind of like real dark trap sound. And I think that's why it resonated a lot with me because I was like, wow, I, I like this energy. You know what I mean? It's just like, shit's high energy, you know? Uh, remember that time that 3-6 Mafia won an Oscar? <laughs> Was it for I Gotta Stay High? Was it for that song? Uh, an Oscar? You mean a Grammy? or? or no, it was an Oscar. For Because they were on a show or no, something? No, they, uh, um, Hustle and Flow, they wrote the song, um, th- uh, what's the song from Hustle and Flow? Shit, bro. <laughs> you, know, you know the movie I'm talking about, right? Yes, yes, yes. There's yes. a song in the movie that they wrote called, um, It's Hard Out Here for a Pimp. <laughs> the, that's the song that they make, right? Yeah, th- so they have writing credits on it. And it was uh, at the 78th Academy Awards. They won uh, for best original song. Good for three six man. Yeah, I never knew that, but they definitely deserve that. I if you go back yeah. and watch the MTV Cribs for Juicy J, the sequence where he walks over to his like fireplace yeah. mantle and he's like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah. You know, that's, that's classic. <laughs> I'm talking about that. There was like I don't know what show they were on, but a couple years ago, I, know I was watching a show. We're like, this was, I guess, around the time where I got this day, if I, 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 I came around. And like that 2006 was, Yeah, that was like the, almost the end of the ringtone era. And I remember they were like losing their shit because T-Mobile was taking a song and cut them their check for their percentage. Mm-hmm. That shit, that ringtone sold like so many millions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That market was crazy back then. Yeah. Like, like the Laffy Taffy. Yeah, like, man, like just the ringtone market in general is like you have... Immersions, you got to pay more to get like the song and yeah. not not the fucking MIDI yeah. remake, you know. But even though they were all selling, you know, that's wild. It's is it is it not there anymore? That that market is not as big as it used to be, or something? Because you can just make any song your ringtone right now. Exactly. Okay. They get the old technology. Away. You know, they say uh, that the handle for the axe comes from the four itself. So <laughs> that's like. True words have never been spoken. Yeah, technology is killing its own technology. Who are some of the artists that you've worked with in the past year? Uh, in the past year, a lot of good, a lot of good new guys. Um, that I feel like gonna make some good news. Uh, noise. I'm sorry. I definitely, uh, who I've been working with a lot recently is the, the Island Gang guys. Ig, you know, Leaky, mm-hmm. Jay O'Neill, um, which has been dope because I've been able to really touch back into my Latin roots and really get down on some good Caribbean vibes with them. Oh, yeah. You know, we got down on some real ATL trap shit, which is dope, and we got down on some Caribbean vibes. So, you know, that that definitely makes me happy. You're from the around. DR originally? That's right, Dominican Republic. Dude, what's baby. it like down there? Dominican Republic is great, man. Um, Caribbean paradise, you know, at the end of the day, it still is a third world country. Um, so it has those struggles that come with it. Mm-hmm. But it's beautiful. Other people are beautiful, of course. Um, a lot of my family still lives there. I have a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins that are there. Usually get to visit every year. I um, mean, it's just it's just beautiful, man. Like good vibes all around. Like from the moment you, st- you get off that plane and you smell that, that fresh Caribbean air, you're like, man, I'm about to have a good week. You it's know, it's just like, different. It's just man, it clean, is clean, clear water. <laughs> Mostly everywhere. Okay. You know, tourism does its thing, and you know, brings in, you know, brings in all these people in certain areas. You know, start getting beat up over time, but for the most part, it's very, very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I remember you telling me about. A, a sport that you guys play down there? Yes, the urban sport. That's where the like where the name Vatillas comes from. Vatillas. Yeah, Vatillas tell, came tell from that. Yeah, the Vatillas story. <laughs> Vitilla is a sport. It's like a it's like a urban street sport in the Dominican Republic um, that we play. Um, basically, what it is, the big jugs of water that get delivered every morning to the to the different areas. We would take the cap off that big water jug, 
and we would throw that like a baseball and then we'll we'll play with like big branches as baseball bats so basically we're playing like a, the ghettoest stick ball as possible but instead of playing with a ball and like a stick ball bat we're playing with a water jug cap and a branch um, and are these branches? They're not straight. Some are, some are. You 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 grab the best branch that you can find. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're up in the mountains with it. Um, but that's why you know we have we, we're the second highest um, pop. Uh, sorry, the second highest race in the in professional baseball behind you know USA. And there's more American players than anybody. Okay. But that's why so many Dominican baseball players because we we grew up in such harsh conditions. You know and you got kids that are just throwing rocks all their life from when they're little mm-hmm. and doing what I was doing when I went to go visit my family, which is trying to hit this fucking mini frisbee <laughs> with a branch, you know. So, and that and that's they, uh, how do you how do you enunciate it? Vitilla. Okay, cool. Vitilla, yeah. You could say it with a B a little bit, you know, if you <clears> want to <throat> give us some slang like Vitilla. And you so, know? but like when you hear somebody from like Georgia say Vitillas, it doesn't yeah, like Vitilla, kill I mean, you yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it. The, it wouldn't translate too well. I mean, it doesn't translate too well if you do the double L Spanish thing, you know, the J thing. People say VT just, you know, it's kind of like. Okay. But <laughs> it it comes across a little bit easier um, and pronounced a little bit easier in English if I just say Vitillas. Mm-hmm. Especially when I'm in the club and it's loud. People like, oh, hey, man, what's your name? You know? So I got to, you know, keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So. For the normies. Yeah, for the normies, you know. <laughs> and I understand, you know, pe- you know we're, we live in a day and age where. You know, music's fucking blasting everywhere, and you know, people are like, "Huh?" You know, when I'm in the club trying to tell them, so I try to make it as easy as possible for uh-huh. them. So that's all. What are some of your favorite LPs? This is an easy question for me to answer because I have like a list of a hundred favorite LPs from different artists and genres and times. Uh, I'm just curious, uh, man. What are some to, albums that you've rocked with, man. You know, to be honest, when when Jay-Z's, I'm pretty sure it was, what, Jay-Z's Hard Knock Life, was it Volume 2? I think it would like to be sure because it's either two or three. I'm pretty sure it's just two. That shit right there. Are you talking about the Blueprint Part 2? No. No, 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 no. No, no, no. It's not Reasonable Doubt 2. No, 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 no. Because after this album, like, I, I, I don't know if where I kind of grew up musically, I don't say grew up musically or went musically, but I didn't like Jay-Z that much after, after, as much after this, this album. Um, I don't know why. He did a lot of amazing stuff after that. I was like, wow, that's pretty dope. Yeah, Jay-Z Volume 2, Hard Knock Life, that's what it's called. Sorry. Okay. That, that was the Is album. Is that a double album? Mm, no, okay. I don't think so. That, okay. that's, a, that's the album that, it's a hard night life, that was on that, can I get a what, what, that was on there. I crazy songs on there like that were just at the time for me like very advanced and not sorry not advanced it's very different a lot of different production on there mm-hmm. and at that time i was i was young i wasn't really thinking about like yo how do they fucking make this beat my mind was nowhere near thinking about oh being a music producer at then then i wanted to be a baseball player i was playing a lot of baseball you know middle school and high school okay um and i think and i think i mean i just started skateboarding but that that album right there, like, and the only reason I heard that album was because at school I went, I went, I think I went to art class and someone had left it in a desk. And then I went home and I, I 
put that shit in, and I was like, I, I already been familiar with Jay Z, you know what I'm saying? But I was able to hear, you know, all the other songs. Then there was no streaming service, none of that shit. Where it was like, yo, this album dropped, you could just immediately preview it. It's like you would hear the songs that were on the radio, but you know, there was maybe one that was rocking the radio for so long. I, who knows when I would have heard the rest of these songs that were on that album, mm-hmm. which had some real like next level shit for that time. And that's always the point of making an album too, that I'm making next level shit. But like I, during that time, that, that resonated a lot with me. And what's more interesting is that now when I go back and hear when I'm older, I'm like, wow, some of these lyrics were so over my head at the time and that's really dope to go back to some of your favorite shit and really yeah. like grabbing the lyrics be like wow this guy was like talking about some shit that would you know at that time i was like oh this fucking beats though <laughs> you know like this vibe is dope fuck what he's saying but now uh there were no streaming services but there were peer-to-peer networks right there was man and well, well, let's talk about that yeah we got to and what's what's really interesting about that and i have this little like house party thing not house party I have this monthly party I do which is like you know homage to like old school like Latin house party vibes and as I was setting up the other day and I was like thinking about it now when I would go to those house parties in New Jersey you know I was one of the the guys that would bring some of the music because you know this was like around like you know like little slightly post Napster times cause ah lime wire yeah all that shit, like not everyone had internet, you know, not everyone knew how to do that shit, and I just did. So I was fortunate enough, my mom, at the time, she she got me internet, you know, and I had a, a decent computer, thank God, because that's where I learned how to do so much shit. Um, I was one of the few people that would, that would bring music because that's how we would rock out. I got them MP3s, Bro, like, son. Like three, and you know, who, 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 all my Jersey people, whoever my Jersey people, they're watching, they would know, like, you know, two or three or four of us would show up with a CD, and we would play that bitch on repeat all night because that's all we had. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was, you know, we were young. We were like fucking 14, 15, 16, just playing music, dancing, you know, no drinking, nothing because, you know, we'd be on the supervision of a friend's mom, but we were just having a good time, like good, clean fun, yeah. you know? And, man, we'll play a CD 10 times back to back. I kid you yeah. not because that's all we had. And it was cool. I miss those days a little bit. Absolutely. I really do miss the... uh the discovery aspect, man, you know, cause man. you could just type it. Cause some of those were labeled wrong, you know, man, some of those songs were called like, man, weird out. It's like you, yeah, you would. <laughs> and think about it now. Like, like the internet sensations of back then who were at that time, we didn't call it internet sensations. Cause that it was also new to us. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it was like, you know, jerky boys, all that shit, you know, like weird out like this shit is like, these guys were legit pioneers. Um, and like, you just stumble upon, like, so much random shit. Like, I first stumbled upon electronic music because of that, because I was able to, you know, search, like, you know, Aphex Twins and the Chemical Brothers and fucking Prodigy. Yeah. Like, you know, it was hard to get, you know, th- this kind of music. Oh, yeah, you know? like, because you, you would have to import those CDs. Or if your yeah, CD like, the retailer process, didn't have the CDs. Yeah, dude, like, the process, like, you know, now it's like... It ain't shit. But yeah. then, man, like, you, like, not everyone had a computer. Not everybody knew how to rip shit. Not everyone knew how to put shit onto the fucking, the software so yeah. people can find it. Then a, a decent amount of people had to have it for you to get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
it's just wild, man. Isn't it crazy that in that like six or really five year span, the industry just went to shit, <laughs> bro. From like, the forwards itself comes the handle for the axe, man. It, it, it's just it, crazy. It's like, it's like the music industry ate itself, or something. It, it's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened, and and still sh- shifting rapidly. And I think what drives some people a little bit most crazy is that they don't know where it's gonna go. You know? Oh, you talking about like the big, the big labels don't know? Yeah, where it's yeah, go. yeah. Absolutely. You know? And I think. Hopefully there will be a shift in um, in mindset as well with the coming years of how you know within like proper and fair treatment. I think a lot of these big big heads are holding on to like older ways. Yeah, you know that are not necessarily working uh, for the new times. Yeah. So I hope there's a shift. I've, I've definitely slowly been seeing a shift, but I hope there's a a proper one. You I, know? I want to get your opinion about something. Yeah. Since we're kind of on this subject, uh, Lil Pump. Okay. He's a artist okay i think he's a recording artist okay i think he, he's he's like a meme you know what i'm talking about yeah i know exactly what you're talking about he's, he's this weird little yeah. pump he's like 18 yeah i don't really think he's a big deal but um he's got like 15 million instagram followers mm-hmm. you know and his album just came out and it's called uh harvard dropout this is the follow-up to the self-titled album that had gucci gang on it okay and Gucci Gang is actually uh, the lead single on this next new album? album, right? Hmm. So there's a I, I I didn't see that very often, but the his label or the label that he's on right now was able to project X amount of album sales, and then the album comes out and it does like it underperforms basically. Okay, and so they were like. I'm sure they were disappointed or the like Warner brothers or whoever was, were disappointed because they were like, look at this person with X amount of Instagram followers and he's got Mm -hmm. this huge social media influence. Mm -hmm. But I think these labels are starting to see that that doesn't translate to album sales. Right. And I saw that if you buy little pump merchandise, they bundle a copy, a digital copy of the album with the t-shirt sale. And so they were able to actually inflate, the album sales uh, because of the merchandise because he was also on tour. And and it was something like uh, 48,000 copies of the album sold, which is like nothing. And then it's inflated because of the T-shirt sales. And it's like, I think a lot of these larger companies, like he was the experiment. I'm I'm pretty sure they were like all eggs in this basket. Like Lil Pump's album is gonna go through the roof. And I think mm-hmm. what it I, I even me not I mean I, I don't work for that label, but I had to sit down and I was like, wow, who dropped the ball? <laughs> his fans aren't really fans, fans of his music. They're just fans. They want to see what he'll do next on the internet. They want to see what he'll throw out of a hotel room mm-hmm. next. They want to see what he'll catch on fire next. Right. But they don't really fuck with his music. Right. And it, it's like it's like a wake up call. Yeah. Almost. I, I I, I kind of agree somewhat, you know. A lot of people fuck with the wave. They don't fuck with the water. That's insane. <laughs> you know? Um, to me, that's insane. That's insane, but at the same time, I think, like, you know, I've, I've heard his music, and that's what it attracts. I feel like, you know, it's, it's super turn-up music. Uh, so I think what comes with that is not people who are like, yo, I'm here for fucking good music. Sorry, that's not perfect. I don't say his music is bad because that's, 
We subjective. fuck with you, pump. We're yeah. just, you know, you're an example. His, his, right music, now. his music is good to me in certain situations. You're not gonna catch me casually, you know, every day bumping little pump in my car, little pump. No, but if I'm in the on club, and, yeah, if I'm in the club and I'm feeling saucy, I'm spinning, and someone requests like, "Y'all need anyone here?" A little pump, I get turned up a little bit. Yeah, just, just, just do it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what it's for. But and same thing, that's what it's for. You're not really attracting um, a crowd that's like, "Yo, I'm here for some really shit." That's uh, that has depth to it, you know, and along with that, you know, you got people who usually in that, in that crowd, I think, aren't big money spenders as mm-hmm. well. They know they can just, I think he has a, a, a younger crowd, to be correct, yeah. and, you know, they're a little bit more tech savvy, can come, they can get to that music and listen to that song that one time or whatever, you know, much easier than somebody who has the money to spend. Uh, on music or is actually looking to like spend money on music that's a good point know? that's how i see it um off the top of my head mm-hmm. yeah because uh those streaming numbers were through the roof but it's like it's a di- it takes a, a different type of fan to go out of their way and buy your music yeah. versus streaming yeah you know yeah, yeah that's absolutely. like a completely different type of fan that's somebody who's gonna like go to your shows buy your merchandise, support you any way they can versus like, I guess younger, he does probably have a younger audience that yeah. just streams his music. And like you said, like, like the numbers, you know, you say he has X amount of million followers. Well, how many of those millions are following him on Instagram just to see the turn up versus how many there? Because like, yo, they're really waiting on that album. You know what I mean? So I was really standing on the sidelines to see what Harvard dropout would do because it was hyped up so much, you know, and then mm-hmm. just to see that first week uh, album sales and me, me being like, that that doesn't add up. Yeah, like, I, man, album sales are, are tough this day. I, I think that's why people, I mean, a lot of artists work on, uh, they've been recently working in like a very single base format, like looking for that one smash and focusing on that and then finding another smash just focusing, focusing on that versus like, spending so much on this project and really trying to hype up the whole project when really what's going to happen is one one song is going to blow all the other songs out the water and streams and you know that that's that's like your lifeline until you get another one um why do you think the companies are still putting out albums in a single driven marketplace right now probably because they're still trying to figure it out maybe (laughs) um and i mean there's still people out there putting out good albums um to tour with it right like, Absolutely, yeah, exactly. It, it 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 makes sense, but I think to make it uh, really be like really dope and crazy, you need a more uh, I guess what you say like a, an uh, unorthodox approach, like something that's like fresh, something that hasn't been done before. Like you know, things where like people be dropping albums with like no promo. You know what I'm saying? But it goes viral because people are talking about that. Like, yo, you know, I, I don't know if Beyonce did that or maybe Jay-Z. Did some, I know people have done that recently where, like, they oh, don't. They, they just drop. They just drop. And, and the then, word of mouth helps. Yeah, them. yeah. Then people wake up the next day, like, yo, you heard such and such. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, that kind of thinking, like, uh, very not, not so straightforward. Or shoot a music video for every track on the album or something. Yeah, like shit that. like that. I think, you know, the way to make. See, here's the thing. The music business now has become less about the music. And that's, it's a little unfortunate, but. It's about who who can do something more off the wall and crazy that's gonna catapult the music up there, you know, versus like, you know, a, a, a fake fucking incident or some shit goes down, mm-hmm. you know, and it, get, and, it, and it goes viral, like, and a, a big part of that is okay, trying to figure out how can I go viral and bring all this other shit with it, but 
that's 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 how it goes you know that's not it's not 100 percent necessary there's ways to to you know to make it happen just by having a straight good product but it's a little bit harder unfortunately um like i said back to what i was saying before it's like what are you gonna do to cut ahead of the mold um so maybe Lil pump's approach of like hey making an album and putting release date on it maybe he needed more than that you know to really make it pop off the way they wanted to mm. you know because you know i'm sitting here looking at the game go by <laughs> being like what the hell is what's gonna work yeah people are asking me for advice all the time and yeah. I'm, I, I i'm just like i don't know what to say yeah it's it's it's, it's crazy man um i think labels maybe had like a formula for a long time and then you know, as the years go by, they're like, yeah, we kind of need to restructure this formula a little bit because things are changing, you know? Yeah. You know, similar to, like, you know, the, the EDM community, you know, EDM artists work, work very off, like, a single-based concepts, you know, like, they'll sign away records, singles, you know, to different labels versus, like, hey, I'm constantly trying to put out an album or an EP or whatever, you know? People, you, you just need that one thing to catch fire, then, okay, you got to hold on to that until you find another thing that catches fire very rarely nowadays we hear people say like yo this fucking album is crazy you know mm-hmm. what i mean like you usually hear people say nowadays like yo this, this song is crazy and that's how they latch on to you you know um that's how it is man times change i think it's really cool that you're in that industry and that it is like headstrong. It, 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 it is cool man but it you know it could it could be frustrating but at the same time if you know if it wasn't frustrating there'd be even more people doing it oh, okay yeah you know what i mean so it, that's the trade-off, man. People want want the glamour and the hype, but they, they can't deal with the frustrations, you know. And there's 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 no frustra- there's no telling what frustrations are gonna come, but they're always bound to come. And as you and as long as you always know they're bound to come, you'll receive them a little bit better because you know they're coming, mm-hmm. no matter what level you are. That's why you know I give advice to a lot of producers stuff like that. And they're like, when especially people that are starting out. They'd be like, hey, you know what, you know, they just ask me just different questions, but I always remind them, like, hey, man, you just started, like, you're about to be frustrated for a long-ass fucking time, bro. Straight up. Straight up, Yeah, you know? It's growing pains, right? Man, I tell them, I was like, I honestly tell them, like, plan to be frustrated for a couple years, minimum, uh-huh. you know? While you figure it out. Yeah, you know, there, there, there's been some, there's some prodigies out there, you know, that just figure the shit out quick, you know, everybody's different, um... But for the most part, guess what, dude? It's going to take just nights of just absorbing information, trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. Like, why this? Why that? Mm-hmm. And those questions persist all the way up until, you know, you're, you're famous and, and, and past stardom. You know, it's like there's something new to learn every day. And there's always new frustrations that will come. Of course, with time and experience, you kind of know how to fight those on the way in, you know. But I always tell producers, man, like, Frustration is part of it, mm-hmm. and it's never going to stop. No matter how much you learn, you're always going to be frustrated with something. You just got to figure it out. Who are some of these artists that you're listening to these days? Man, I listen to a lot of different shit, considering you know, I also do a lot of like open format DJing. Um, you know, I, I, listen, I listen to a lot of shit that I, sometimes I'll go through periods of time where I don't listen to shit. I'm just kind of focused on the different things that I'm doing and whatever sounds I'm trying to create in times where I just kind of play catch up and kind of, you know, listen to the radio a lot, mm-hmm. see what's kind of what's going on. So, you know, all all the guys on the radio now, you know, I'm down with, you know, sound cool to me. 
Um, it's it's it, that's such a tough question to ask. I think about like all the stuff that's like in my music library, yeah. and my brain just goes like. Whoosh. Have you heard the uh, yeah. baby? Have you been listening? Yeah, the baby. Um, the baby is good. Honestly, his music doesn't resonate that much with me. Okay. Um, but it's it's good product. I can appreciate it. You know, I can I can he's, put it out. He's a, got some lo-fi beats. Yeah, I know? can put it on. I can put out a good value. Um, it's just, and I can't tell you why exactly it doesn't. Um. Now he's rapping at you. He's like, rapping, Stop at, rapping me. at me. Yeah. No, I I mean I like what he's doing, man. Like his 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 media campaigns are dope. His videos are dope. Yeah. You know I like, you know that he kind of you know he could, he could have a song that's about some like you know real street shit, but the video isn't like a bunch of dudes standing around with guns, you know, like in your face pointing at you. He's got some like you know good charismatic stuff in the videos that go along with songs that talk about you know some. Not so. Uh, that I'm talking about some more serious things. So I think that that that's a cool little mashup. You know, I like his approach to a lot of things. But for example, um, like I think I like listening to Little Baby more. I like listening to the Baby, even though they may be talking about about similar subjects. Um, I mean, I don't really do that much street shit. And you know, for some reason, I like Little Baby more. I like the Baby, and they're both talking about street shit. You know, most of the time, I guess you can say. And there's no telling why. You know, I guess it's like an apples and oranges kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of music I listen to. I hear it, and from a DJ perspective, I li- you know I, I take music in on so many different perspectives. Yeah. You know, I take it in as a DJ perspective. I take it in from a producer's pr- perspective. I take it in from an engine engineer's perspective. And a lot of shit, I'd be like, yeah, this was this was done right. You won't catch me listening to it on my free day. But yo, this is uh-huh. this is pretty tight. Um, I guess the stuff you kind of do catch me listening to, you know, on <laughs> on my free days is. I guess shit that I'm not really doing all the time, you know, like things that kind of give me a, a, a breath of, you know, fresh air, which is like, you know, like a weird instrumental mashup remix, you know, that's got like no words or, you know, a fucking a house song that's got like 5,000 fucking plays. But You're looking got, for these. Yeah. Or I'm just stumbling across them. You know, I, I really like to pull inspiration from not so common sources, you know, um, that that's kind of my my approach on that, but you know I'm in Atlanta. I hear lots of trap music, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my Vitilis project, which is you know like the EDM trap and dubstep shit. You know I hear a lot of that from places I spin. Um, I have my house project too, so I'm listening to a lot of house music as well. You know, and then I'm still up here in Third Eye. You know, making trap beats. You know, recording all these trap artists, getting everybody signing right. So I, I I go through some so much different, um, you know, so much different kind of music throughout the span of my week. So honestly, since a lot of times I'm riding the car, I don't even turn anything on. You know, it's funny it's you say boom, that. Boom, boom, boom all the time. You know? I've got a homegirl, Emma Danzak. She works in music. She's a viola player. She teaches viola. So her day to day, her her job is music, and mm-hmm. I. She'll get in the car with me and we'll go ride around and I'll throw something on and she'll be like, can, can you, can you just not turn the music on? Can we just listen? Yeah. Can we just sit here in silence? Cause yeah. she's so inundated with music. And so that Absolutely. sounds like, that sounds like yeah. you're going through the I, same thing. Yeah. And it, honestly, it's not like, you know, I get in my car and I'm like, fuck music, fuck all this shit, turn this shit. No, it's not like that. It's, <laughs> it's more like, you know, I, it, it's like, it's natural. You know what I mean? Like same thing you know this reminds me of something else which i'll go into in a second but <laughs> you know you just you just got to turn it off sometimes and let, let your ears rest you know ear fatigue is a real thing mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm djing pretty much you know every weekend because they have like you know I'm, I'm doing so many different different styles of djing um so 
I'm booked at all these different parties. So I'm going through a lot with like, you know, all the music that I'm taking in and people requests and stuff like that. And I was on the road. <laughs> this this is what this this reminded me of. Okay. I was on the road in Florida with my buddy Scram, shout out Scram, uh the artist I I work with. And we were driving somewhere. <laughs> and I don't know if I was driving at the moment or what, but he you know, they were like talking to everyone's like kinda having a good time and you know, we're just chilling, whatever, and we're driving somewhere and he's like he asked me something, and I think like it, it took me like a little time to respond. And he's like, "Yo, what?" He's like, "What's up? You like you you want to talk to us?" And I was like, "Yo, I was like, <laughs> I hit my people limit, <laughs> you know, because like, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and and that's just that's part of the you know the DJ thing too is like you know, I feel like I love the energy of you know being around people, and you know, I'm not one of those people that when I take requests, I'm like, fuck off, you know, like. I like, honestly, I like to listen to kind of where people's heads is at. You know, I'm taking the request. I might, might not play it. But every once in a while, if someone will come with a request, I'd be like, man, I would have ne- never thought about playing that. I might, I'm going to jot that down and I might, might fuck with that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, is like, you know, when I'm through, you know, talking to all these people every weekend and all the loud music, stuff like that, just got to have some, some me time, no music, nothing like that. Cause I just, you That's know, real. you, you got to chill. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to, you got give your brain a rest. Yeah, man. <laughs> you got to rest a little bit. It's important as well. So yeah, I had my music limit. I had my my people uh, limit every weekend, but hey, I'm still at it, baby. You I know, think, I think you and I can can relate on the the people thing. Like, yeah, because I, I I do get a little over encumbered by people just yeah. running the studio and everything, and yeah. the the cries for help and the fires that we have to put out. You know what I mean? Yeah, so absolutely, absolutely. There is that like you know, uh, yeah, the do not disturb sign is on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing like you know. And I, I tell the artists I work with, I'll be like, man, like. I'd be like, I promise you, if you if you come in here alone, you'll you'll do you'll do better. Because um, I've seen both sides of the spectrum. I've seen people come in to work on songs, and have the studio fucking flooded with motherfuckers, mm-hmm. you know, packed. And you know, and they they might bang off some hot shit. You know, it helps some people like it because it gives them like that that oh, you know, my niggas is here. You know, I'm about to go hard. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it, that does work sometimes. Don't get me wrong. The energy in the room. Yeah, but when you know when you, when you got an artist that comes through. And he's just focused on that song. There's no one really else with the jibber jabbering. Cause when do motherfuckers pile up in the studio and not talk? I'm like, no, motherfuckers are gonna be yapping, yeah, and yapping and joning. And like, I don't get say it. that, man. Yeah. Say this. Yeah, and I get it. You know what I'm saying? You with, you with your boys kicking the shit. Like everyone's feeling good in the studio and the vibes are good. You know what I'm saying? But it really, uh, for the most part, it does uh, hinder the creative process a little bit. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So just, just. Just a little uh, suggestion, artist. Yeah, man. Just keep keep it low key when you're in the studio and just focus on what you're doing. You you'll probably get a better result. It's okay from time to time, you know, bring your homies too. But the less people, I prefer less people because like, man, I got no interruptions, no no background shit going on. Yeah. I hear a thousand percent what's coming through the speakers. Oh yeah, and I can guide you directly. Yeah, guide you better. And, Sorry. And, you know, artists. At the end of the day, it it really doesn't matter how many. Uh, followers you have on Instagram. It really just matters what comes out of those speakers at the end of the day. Yeah. You need to be working as hard as you can to try yeah. and make the best song that you possibly can at that moment in time. Yeah. Or you might have a little pump situation, you know, where, you know, you, you, you got all the followers and everything, but, you know, your sales are, aren't looking too good. You know, at the end of the day, he's probably not going to be, uh, I mean, I don't know what his, what, what his you know, record deal is like or anything like that. I'm sure he'll, he'll be okay for the years to come, but, you know, I'm sure someone's in the office, like, breaking a keyboard, like, what the fuck? You exactly, know what I'm saying? Like, bro. so... I'm doing no. that for that guy. <laughs> yeah. 
it's a it's a complex game out there, man, and you got you got to be careful how you move. Well, uh, what do you say we get out of here and play some Apex? Are you trying to play some Apex? I mean, I think it's Apex o'clock yeah, right now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it is Sunday. Um, big Apex Day. Big Apex Day. You know, <laughs> this is like you know, I shit after you, I'm probably gonna hit my people limit. So uh, I should probably, uh, <laughs> I should probably go ahead and get back to the cave and just chill out. Oh, and yeah. play. Well, before we get out of here, mm -hmm. just because we've got the ears mm -hmm. of everybody in the city and your entire fan base, let these folks know something, man. Something. Oof. I mean, it's going to be hot summer, but shit, kicking it off first. I guess so. Uh, this Thursday? No, not this Thursday. So the last Thursday of this month, when will that be? Got the base family and friends party at a district nightclub. Let me look at my calendar real quick. That's, That's uh, Chavez and, and crew, right? That's right. It's going to be base family and friends. I have some dope DJs on the lineup. I'm going to be on the lineup as well. Um, kicking off that some summer good weather vibes. Yeah, May twenty, May 23rd. Sorry, that's almost a week from now. It's next Thursday. Come check me out over there. That's going to be kicking off some tunes, some good music. Fire. Um, you can also catch me at Red Martini every Tuesday with my house project doing house music. Okay, big house. Yeah, big house. You know, there's going to be a big festival this summer. Um, I'm going to be on that as well. I'll let you think about it a little bit but <laughs> be sure um keep your eyes out for that and every week man come check me out here at third eye come come get recorded come get mixed come get produced yes sir. whatever you want to do we could do all kinds of music man ain't no limit so that's what we got going on man a lot hell of music yeah, shit cool hell yeah y'all make sure to pull up a new tab and follow vatillas on instagram yep we're about to get the fuck out of here and do the damn thing yeah and uh Thanks for tuning in. Um, it's uh, Vatillas and Ben Scarborough sitting here at Third Eye Collective in the secret room, and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out. Peace out. No sleep, I'd serve a junkie in the cool, yeah. Trying to find a time, chopping all the time, baby, come on, let me.